Welcome to The Burn, Beyond Fire Stop. I'm your host, John Zalepka. Our show is focused on life safety and code compliance in the built environment, which puts me on a mission to find the most interesting people in this space and get their unique perspectives. Our hope is that our listening audience walks away with a better understanding of how our guests and their businesses also contribute to the promotion of life safety of whatever is being built. As always, our show is brought to you by Specified Technologies, also known as STI Firestop. And since 1990, STI has been a leading global provider of innovative fire protective solutions that help stop the spread of fire, smoke, and hot gases, or what's commonly referred to as passive fire protection or affectionately fire stopping. So our guest today is also very much involved in life safety. In fact, his company, Jensen Hughes, whole purpose is to make our world safe, secure, and resilient. Chris Brown is the chief commercial officer at Jensen Hughes, where they have in recent years expanded from their core capabilities in fire protection engineering into a whole lot of new areas of expertise that we'll have Chris tell us about. But first things first, welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you very much, John. Great to be here. So I always like to start on a personal note rather than jumping into the whole business of things. And I like to start my search on LinkedIn, and I figure if you post about it, it's fair game. So I was scrolling through there. I saw that you went to Cornell University, great school, played some lacrosse, even went back for an MBA. But let's jump ahead to February 2020, just before the pandemic. It looks like you became a board member of the Bucks County Children's Museum. Can you tell me a little bit about the museum and how you became involved? Sure. No, the, the, the museum is a kind of a hands-on immersive learning experience for children. It was actually founded by a friend of mine who had a son that actually struggled with some learning disabilities, and, and, and that kind of environment was, was incredibly productive for him. So my children utilized it a ton when they were younger, and then when the opportunity came to help sit on a board position and help just strengthen, you know, the growth of that museum and an institution in our community jumped at the opportunity. So I, I currently sit on the, the finance committee and just help them make sure that, that we've been viable. And even throughout the pandemic, we're able to survive that and continue on as a, as a great service in the community. I was going to say, how did that shutdown or was there a shutdown? Or did it affect the museum and giving in general? And are, are you guys back in, in full swing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, that's when you have a highly immersive kind of hands-on museum in a pandemic, those two don't too, tend to go together. So it was it was a difficult period, but I think the you know our board came together and then you know, by being able to utilize some of the, the resources that were provided through, you know, the government and beyond and, and actually giving really continued throughout the period. So while admissions revenue was down, we were able to really sustain and, and I think spoke, spoke a lot to just the importance of that institution in the community. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm from New Jersey, so I remember I actually took my kids across the border, if you will. So let's give them a, a plug before we move on here. Where can they get a little bit more information? Oh, no. And if you don't know the website, I have it here for you. Yeah, no, well, you, you, get, you know, Bucks County Children's Museum is, is located in New Hope, uh, Pennsylvania, right right on the Delaware, so right at the border, uh, but just a great institution. And, yeah, if you if you do have the website right in front of you, I think yeah. it's BCCM, right? But go ahead and uh, plug it. I got, I got BucksKids.org. BucksKids.org. We'll there you go. Okay. And we'll put it in the show notes for everybody That's so that great. they can take a look Thank at you. that. 
Awesome. So that's a great cause, obviously, and it's, it's fantastic that you give it your time. But now let's talk about Chris Brown, the chief commercial officer. Sure. So I'm, I'm actually going to want to come back to your title in a bit. But, you know, chief makes me think that that didn't just happen overnight. Right. So maybe take us through a little bit of your journey, some highlights from your days at Cornell. Go Big Red to Jensen Hughes. Yeah, well, my, my career has kind of evolved into a lot of different areas, but mostly, uh, you know, starting in, in kind of software and information technology, which gave me a thread that's persisted throughout my career because I always tried to find a way that technology creeps into all of what we do. But, uh, you know, as my career evolved, some kind of highly technical products and services, whether it be water purification, silicone elastomers at GE, where I was working in sales, product management, marketing, and then ultimately general management, but then transitioned to Tyco later in my career. And that's where I got exposure to the fire protection industry and just caught the bug. You know, I think life safety and fire protection, the folks involved in it bring such a level of passion that that it's contagious. And so when I kind of found my home there in Tyco and then had the opportunity after a Tyco merged with Johnson Controls, I moved on, did some other things, but had the opportunity to rejoin the industry through Jensen Hughes just jumped at the opportunity. I think it's an industry that's got an incredible history. Like I said, people who've got bring an incredible level of passion, but also I think there's opportunities and and Jensen Hughes is trying to help with that to really bring technology into the fold and help advance, you know, safety, security, resiliency for businesses, for, for individuals. So I just found it to be a great opportunity and thrilled to be back involved in the industry. So did you always have an idea that you'd wind up in the fire protection or engineering or construction design industry, if you will, or did you just kind of happen into it? No, great question. I mean, ultimately built environment, yes. I think I I wanted to be early on in my years, wanted to be an architect. So buildings always had fascinated me ended up going through my undergrad, sort of concentrating on aspects of of the built environment through facilities planning and management, and then have always been involved in different elements of the built environment, whether it's kind of heavily in in the industrial realm, but really it, it all kind of kept coming back to the same thing that buildings, the construction, the design process, you know, I, I think there's lots of opportunities to continue to improve that. It's an enormous understated part of our economy. I think people don't really recognize exactly how much of our economy the built environment represents, whether it's, you know, in the construction phases, on the ongoing services phases. And, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, the involvement of fire protection, while that was sort of, you know, not something I necessarily planned on, the idea of how we can leverage, you know, improving technologies to make people safer in the built environment, to make those environments more productive. It's just, it's been a huge passion. And I think it's a neat convergence of everything that I worked on in my life, including information technology now all coming together. So I'm starting to understand the answer to my next question. So I did want to get back to your title, the chief commercial officer. Sure. I have to admit, that's the first time I've come across CCO. It's a you mouthful. Know, I've heard the CEO, <laughs> the COO, obviously. But can you tell us a little bit about the commercial part of that. Yeah. So so my focus is all on sort of the growth side of the business. So strategy, business development or sales and marketing is is what I'm responsible for here at Jensen Hughes. And uh, it, it's very much a team sport in Jensen Hughes, as it has been in, in most companies I've been involved with, that I have some dedicated business development and marketing professionals that are part of my organization. But the fact is, is that as an entire company, we all promote and sell what we do every day, not necessarily doing day-to-day sales, but really a lot of the work at Jensen Hughes is through thought leadership, the expertise that we bring to solve problems, the work that we do for clients. That's what kind of leads to, again, recurring business with clients, new opportunities, the work that we do in codes and standards, you know, helps 
position us to, to help people consult on those codes and standards. So we have tentacles all throughout the industry. And you know, even though my area of focus is that selling, the entire organization is really responsible for, for our growth. And so we created the position. Our CEO, Raj Aurora, actually held the position before I did, really to just try and grow the business. And I think we, we really feel strongly that by growing the business, we further our, our, our purpose in making the world a more safe, secure, and resilient place. That's awesome. So you're doing that, I guess, by going back to your roots in software and and trying to make Jensen Hughes a little bit more digital, it sounds like. Yeah, well, I think it, maybe if I can touch on a couple of different things. I think Jensen Hughes, sure. you know, while code consulting and, and fire and life safety design is sort of at our core, as you mentioned in the intro, we've broadened into a lot of other areas, whether it's, you know, forensics and looking at the sciences of what has gone wrong in a particular situation, security, looking at issues that go beyond traditional fire and life safety into, you know, issues that are very top of mind right now, whether it's, you know, incidents of active shooter or other things, all these areas have to do with things going wrong in the built environment. And we try to pull on all of that to move upstream and make sure that design decisions are made and, and code and compliance decisions are made that make the built environment, a again, a safer, more secure and more resilient place where software and technology comes in now is a new capability that we've built. We've actually launched a group called our Jensen Hughes Digital Group with a set of software products that are there to not only track, catalog, and identify areas of risk and hazard, but then to help manage that on an ongoing basis. So we deliver software to our clients in order to help with that. And frankly, you know, across the built environment, as we look at smart buildings and the emergence of what's happening there, frankly, I think even the life safety realm sort of lags that a little bit. And I think we have a huge opportunity to, to leverage technology more and more to improve, again, the safety and also the ongoing compliance so that, that you know, things like building inspections and such, we're able to use software and other digital tools to help make sure a building is at, you know, it, it's safest at any point in time. So I think huge opportunities, it's a big part of what Jensen Hughes is looking at going forward and a big part of my focus. So what are some of the new things? I mean, you mentioned some of the core capabilities. What are the hot topics in building design right now that you're helping your clients to navigate these days? Yeah. Aside from the active shooting. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I think again, what we've tried to do now is to really leverage all of our capabilities to generate new insights for our clients. And so whether those clients, it's working perhaps with, you know, an architectural or engineering firm that we're subbing to for our specialty or working with an end client, I think we try to bring all of these different disciplines and capabilities together. So whether it's looking at the forensics or our research and development capabilities, the work that we do in our labs and looking at building materials and bringing that again forward into the design decisions so we bring knowledge of things like what's happening with, you know, combustible cladding or facades and what's the what are the right building material decisions to make. Another area is is mass timber, understanding what implications these new building material uh, decisions have on, you know, not only code compliance, but actually uh, when things go perhaps beyond code like uh, the proliferation of lithium-ion batteries in the built environment. Again, anytime you're, sure. you're, we're talking about green energy, solar, wind, anything, you're seeing you know more battery arrays in basements or even in car parks where you need to be charging you know your new Tesla. You're just seeing a proliferation of that. And so sometimes this stuff outpaces the code. And what we try to do is bring those perspectives to help people understand what design decisions can be made early on to make sure that it's not just 
meeting with the codes today, but also sort of thinking forward and downstream, you know, to use the Wayne Gretzky line, we're trying to skate to where the puck is going, not where it is, and make sure that, that we are designing facilities and working with our design partners and owners and operators to make sure they make the safest decisions to survive, you know, several decades, not just the immediate future. I mean, and, and that's so important because a lot of the things that you just mentioned there obviously butt up against fire stopping with the lithium-ion batteries and some of the issues that they've had, the combustible cladding, as you mentioned, for the exterior facades, even the, the mass timber construction. I mean, the code analysis from one AHJ to the next is, is probably mind-boggling alone. So you have a guy or a gal, I'm sure, that can help out with any of these things, right? How, how would they go about getting in touch with with you or, or that person to, to help them out with some no, of these things? No, that's great. I mean, we, again, with, with over 1,500 and. 1500 engineers in our firm it's wow. it's kind of a, a you know a pretty complex matrix of finding the expert but we have experts that go so deep in so many different areas again whether it's understanding the building materials and the work we do in our labs to really be able to understand you know the properties and how they react to flammable situations you know i mean that's just you know a huge part of what we do but then also the design considerations the relationships with the AHJs around the world what we like to say is that, hey, we're, we're everywhere you are. We have a, a, an incredibly geographically diverse business. And by engaging with Jensen Hughes in any one spot in any one industry with any one expert, you are essentially tapping into the full breadth of what Jensen Hughes can bring to bear. So everything we've set up in our company is all about teamwork and, and pulling on those experts that are the right experts for that situation. So you'll never see any kind of territorial behavior within Jensen Hughes if a client you know, in the United Kingdom is struggling with a particular issue where we have a particular area of expertise in the Pacific Northwest, we're going to pull on that expert and make sure that they're part of the team to ensure that that, that client is receiving the best advice. Again, not only to just meet with the codes, but to understand things like performance-based design and how we can operate in some of the gray area where maybe the codes don't exactly deal with, uh, you know, some of the threats and hazards that might emerge from building material choices, lithium ion getting out into the world, environmental factors like wildfire and other threats. We like to make sure that we bring on all those those areas of expertise and pull on that to bring together a solution for a client. So anywhere you engage with Jensen Hughes in any of our local offices, you are able to then tap into the full breadth of the capabilities that Jensen Hughes brings to bear. That's terrific. It's really a global company. But can't you just tell people to make everything out of concrete and steel, including the furniture? <laughs> that would make things so it, much it, easier, it, wouldn't it? It would seem so, right? But we, we know that the, the built environment is a is an ever-evolving, ever-changing, frustrating place, right? You know, and I think that's, again, you know, whether you're dealing with new modern design trying to accommodate changes in behavior, I mean, the pandemic you know, it was an incredible pressure test to what we do in our healthcare institutions, right? I mean, I, I think you saw, you know, unrivaled challenges to upside flexibility in healthcare institutions, and you need to be able to, to design to accommodate that. And and that, that requires sort of user-first based design decisions that, again, sometimes are, are directly opposing to what would be a design decision that would actually make it more resilient from a fire or life safety perspective, but we have to accommodate, we have to adapt, we have to understand the, the, the emerging threat and the hazard and, and make sure that we get out in front of it.
That's terrific stuff. Yeah, I was on the website, obviously, getting ready for this episode, and I saw that you have offices and in-house laboratories throughout the world. Your people hold positions on seemingly every technical code and standard committee that there is. You have scientists and engineers teaching at some of the top fire protection universities in the world. Jensen Hughes, truly an impressive company. So where can people learn more? How about plug your website? You know I that do, one, I right? Do. JensenHughes.com is a very easy one to remember. But, uh, you know, I, I think the website is a great place to start. We do a lot, we, you know, post a lot of our thought leadership and articles and blogs that we're writing, as well as it, it provides direction to how to get connected to you know, individuals in your local city. And of course, you know, has the forms to fill out if anybody's got an inquiry. But also I would say, you know, to, to, to look up and follow us on LinkedIn. You know, we, we certainly use social media to make sure we share a lot of what we do from a, you know, a, again, thought leadership, code and standard perspective, you know, anything that we're seeing that's emerging in the industry, we try to, you know, share first and, and, and make sure that we're out there as a steward for the industry. So I think whether it's uh, finding Jensen Hughes on LinkedIn or JensenHughes.com, people can learn more about the firm and, and tap into to any of the capabilities we have. Great. We'll make sure to get those links in the show notes for everybody so they can hook up with you and link up with you there. How about any speaking gigs? you have any trainings or are you guys exhibiting at any upcoming trade shows now that things are open? Yeah, I, you up? know, I mean, it's it's kind of constant. So, you know, I mean, SFPE and NFPA we're always present at and, and usually are uh, multiple speaking engagements and committee memberships and things that we're participating in there. This week, we're actually demonstrating some work that we've done for the energy and utility sector, uh, some projects that we've done in technology software that we've implemented to help manage risks. So that's happening down in, in Florida right now. But I would say we, we we tend to make sure that we've got any of our upcoming, you know, presentations, anything that we're doing, whether it's virtual or in person coming up, it'll all be posted on the website. So that's the best place to, to go to find some of the most immediate stuff. Well, Chris, I truly appreciate the time. It was a pleasure to get to know you. All right, a John. No, likewise. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Appreciate it. All right. And I'd like to thank everyone else out there for listening in. We know that there's many podcasts that you could choose, and you've chosen to listen to ours, so it's humbling. Thank you very much. Be sure to check out those show notes, as I mentioned, for some of the links that we talked about. And finally, if you do enjoy the show, please support the podcast. Tell a friend about it. Share it. Like our posts. Leave a rating or review. I'm told that's a pretty good thing. And until next time, this is The Burn. 